guys, and welcome to Elder Speak issue 53. This week uh, we have Gavin. Hey, everybody. And Kip. Hi, yo. And of course, myself, Mats Polske. Uh, and for some reason, I thought it would be necessary to say my last name. What do you know? Uh, <laughs> and we're just going <laughs> to kick it right off with uh, Gavin taking over the news. Sure thing. Um, first, site announcement here. Uh, wife to our Randy, who is currently away this week with computer problems, best of wishes to him. But wife of Randy, the bear, has recently graduated this past Friday and received her PhD. So major accomplishment. Congratulations to her and rock on. But let's move on. And we're going to start Yay. this week on yep. Yay. Starting video game. <laughs> starting video game news this week with a union of otaku dreams as it were we have shinji mikami of course the creator of the amazing resident evil and resident evil 4 in particular games has signed on shijinori nashikawa who is the, the creator of mad world and with his new company tango games so two of the greatest producers on the wii arguably now within the same building producing a yet unrevealed title and also keep in mind that we have, also on Tango payroll, some veterans from Grasshopper Manufacturer, another much-beloved company. And so that looks to be one of the best places to work in Japan right now. What do you guys think, Mats? You, uh, you eager to see what they're going to come up with? I am, and I'm also going to say that the hoodie that guy is wearing on our, our picture, I want one of those. I just, <laughs> I, I felt that was the most important thing I could get out about this. Just give me one of those hoodies. Um... But yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. I, I think you know those guys have a have a you know a reputation for creating really great stuff. Uh, I was kind of disappointed with Resident Evil 5, but nonetheless, it had you know big selling points for me that I would consider really really great if it was implemented perhaps a little bit differently. So I think you know a second time around they could definitely work on on their design choices and, and really you know bring out a huge uh, AAA game. Excellent. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. I just, um, I, uh, I guess I just like have given up on any good hardcore titles on the Wii uh, that aren't like Mario games. So mm. I mean, like I'm not. I mean, Mad World was cool and stuff, but like if this game comes out in two years, I mean, am I gonna? I don't really <laughs> care about hardcore games on the Wii now. Am I gonna care in two years? Hopefully, I hope I do, but. I've kind of I've got a, a sense of learned helplessness from uh, from that experience. So, you we haven't really seen these really hardcore guys, you know, just focus on developing a Wii game and that's it. We sort of have these um, these teams who are sort of new to the business, who have perhaps one or two you know big name veterans behind them, but you never really get these focused attempts at creating a newer IP that re- will really you know resonate with the hardcore players and it's not just that it's even when you do like even when steven spielberg gets involved like you get boom blocks which is a good game but it you know i'm not gonna go out and buy it you know so. <laughs> yeah and steven spielberg isn't exactly a video game veteran well but I yeah mean, exactly but i mean there's still a substantial amount of money and creativity and mm. all these things that i mm. value you know what i mean behind it and i don't know yeah so. kit values money who knew but no, well, I, mean, I, value, I, <laughs> I value good investment into games. You yeah, know, I mean, yeah. if a game, if there's 35 million dollars behind a game, chances are it's going to be pretty damn good. So. Yeah, you you would think, yeah. But um, I wouldn't even consider Steven Spielberg a hardcore director. Not hardcore as in like um, talented. I would mean hardcore in terms of mentality. I wouldn't call E3 a hard uh, ET 
a hardcore movie. But moving on, I think if the Wii is sort of our current vestige of blase or apathy at the moment, there's only one thing that could get to that could wrench the uh, heart, the hardcore hate from us at this point in time in terms of just complete waste of money for us, and that is the PSP. So we're going to talk about the PSP a little bit, and specifically we're going to be talking about a possible PSP2. And of course, this has been going off and on for a while. We thought it was going to be the PSP2 when it became the PSP Go. But again, we have PSP2 rumors uh, for the beginnings of 2011 with a, a potential announcement at this year's E3. So let me just run over what's possible here. Uh, this comes from VG247, which is a eh, a respected rumor mill, as it were, as as if you if this, those two things were compatible. But let's see, we have two cameras, similar to the DSi, 3G functionality, and a touchscreen. So it looks like they're really trying to go to the DS route here. And again, this will also be digital only. But again, still all rumors, and we've been hearing these things since the first PSP came out oh so long ago. But Kip, I, I think I want to start with you. What what do you think of the PSP? Well, um, I mean, I mean, I, th- I feel like you kind of spoke for me, but I, I actually really like the PSP. Like, and I, I own, I am a PSP Go owner, and I really, really like it. And I think it's the best handheld out is the PSP Go in the Ooh. in the amount of cap- things it can do and the uh, capabilities it has. I mean, the fact that it has like the whole PSN, you have access to the entire PSN through through it i think that's really sweet and it has 16 gigs of memory i mean that leaves the ds in the dust um is it the psp2 that i wanted of course not um i think what they need to do is make it a phone like unless it's they if they can make it if they wanted to compete with the likes of if they wanted to compete with the likes of apple and android you know google and all this they need to make it a phone as well. And that's the only way they're going to be able to justify the two to $300 price tag on top of it. Um, I don't understand how this hasn't happened yet. Sony Ericsson, I mean, Sony owns their own cell phone company. So, <laughs> I mean, it just seems kind of strange that it hasn't happened yet. Um, honestly, unless it does that and they, they have the, – the problem also with Sony is that they the software lineup they've always put behind the PSP is the experience of I'm going to bring a play I mean it's exactly what they call it a PlayStation in your pocket they're going to bring the, you're bringing the console experience to your handheld and I don't think that's how people play games um, on the go I don't think anyone wants to sit around and play unless you're hardcore like you know like a person like me who actually will sit there and play God of War on the PSP for ten hours. But I think most people just want a quick five-minute experience that they can do, and they don't want to sit there and play and play and play and play for eight hours straight. And so I think they need to really reconsider their software lineup for the PSP2 and have a lot more of those quick-and-grab-and-go games and then have the hardcore hardcore games more intermediate. So that's my opinion. Not to mention they just need to buffer up the release schedule in general. It's been anemic for years now just with these yeah. scattered releases. I mean, you think the the Wii has a software shortage or a software drought. I mean, try being a hardcore, consistent gamer on the PSP. It's near impossible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you're really into the PSN games that you can play on the PSP, you, you yeah. got nothing. Yeah. So. I think... Um... I think Kip is absolutely right, honestly. I think uh, I wouldn't even say that if they wanted to compete with Apple and Android phones or devices, I would say if they hope to make money in the future, it's it's got to be a phone. Because if there's one thing we've learned is that people aren't willing to carry around a bunch of different devices. People mm-hmm. want everything in one device. And so you won't carry around a huge PSP 
along with uh, you know uh, the next uh, HTC uh, phone, Android phone. So you just you won't do that. Uh, if 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 the HTC can play movies or uh, you know iPhone can play movies and take pictures and access the internet, then you know is really carrying around a PSP just to play games. Are you going to do that all the time? No, you're just going to bring it for, for plane rides and 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 bus rides. And so you know. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, it it just doesn't seem likely to me that they'll make it uh, in the future without being a phone as well. That's true. I agree. But I wanted to hit on one more point before we uh, before you move on to the next topic, and that's what uh, Kip said about bringing the software type to the system. And I believe there is a sect of people that want that can play. 10 hours on the PSP, larger than what Kip uh, assumed to be. I'm looking at all the games I own for my Nintendo DS, and that's Professor Layton, that's Hotel Dusk, and these are all very dedicated experiences that are very difficult to play at those 5 to 10 minute intervals. I think what the problem is with the PSP in translating a PlayStation product from console to portable is that they don't reinvent the entire scheme of it from the ground up for the PSP hardware. You have to reinvent these properties with the hardware yeah. in mind from stage one. Yep. So if you're going to well, do that, and that's fine, just re- incorporate this yeah. mentality into your development time. Another thing, too, is just, I mean, you got to also consider that the, the Nintendo DS, I mean, I know tons of hardcore gamers are really into their DSs, but it is aimed at a younger market, you know, Absolutely. than the PSP. Yeah. And so what, what happens is you can make a game like... Um, what, what was it, the, uh, Professor Layton's? Layton, is that what it's called? Yes. I'm sorry. Professor yeah, you Layton. can make a game like that because it's it's got that kind of wide appeal versus what you see on PSP is, here's Grand Theft Auto PSP, and it's like that's very dedicated to one type of person. You know what I mean? But I'm guessing so. that sold over a million, so <laughs> it's not like it's not worth you know doing both. Um but um, I think also you, you talked about you know how Sony owned their own uh, cell phone business, and I think a year ago we got a report out of out of uh, Sony uh, uh, Ericsson that said that they had no that they had tried to 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 talk with uh, Sony Computer Entertainment in getting uh, PSP branding on their phones and PSP capabilities or just PlayStation capabilities, and they were you know refused because Sony values their. Um, Sony Computer Entertainment values the PlayStation name too much to satirize it. But lately, I think three or four months ago, that statement was reversed. Suddenly it became clear that Sony Ericsson and Sony uh, Computer Entertainment were interested in working together. So we might actually get something along those lines in the future. It, you know, at this point, it's just bare speculation, but you know, uh, it's definitely possible once again. And I, the biggest thing is, I think that Sony could compete with Apple and Apple and um, could compete with Apple and Google on these grounds on the simple fact that they have what Sony's biggest strength across the entire all of video games is they have the best software developers behind them. Yep. And so if if they were to be like, we have everything Apple has except our games are awesome, you know, and they're full scale <laughs> games. Like, I would be in. You got me. I will yep. sign a two-year contract for that, you know? Mm. So. I think okay. I think the strength of Sony really is is exactly that, that they have these first-party developers, which keep cranking out huge AAA titles. But I wonder, though, if, if it would work the same way for a PSP device or a PSP phone, uh, just because these guys are so focused on, on, on you know, uh, high-end uh, PlayStation 3 development, will they 
you know, take the time to, to actually work on these minor projects. I think what you need to get across in Sony is the cheaper development, uh, cheap, uh, cheaper development for these uh, cheaper um, platforms means quicker development time and qu- uh, lower cost. And that's usually uh, what a lot of developers do is put their less experienced or um, just non non key personnel on these projects, allow them to develop that way. It's a great way for these younger developers to cut their teeth and just put a couple of these veteran designers on with them so you maintain a level of quality. That way you, you're able to work with the development time and the development cost to be able to pump out these still high-quality games on the portable budget and on the portable release schedule. Mm. I just think you need to get this mentality into the Sony developers, which for years now they've only been working on the highest uh, concept, highest production value games. Mm. So I think mm-hmm. you're just working against mentality here. But like... But like Moth said, we do have a news report last the, coming in this past March saying that a PSP smartphone – this comes from the Wall Street Journal, by the way, so very high up there – is expected to launch late this year in Japan. So keep an eye out. Maybe we're going to see this. Maybe we're going to see this. But Sony, as we've been saying for the past year, you need to come to Elder Geek because we know what you want. We know what you need. Yeah. So <laughs> – Listen right here, it's all done, but this has been done to death. It is buried 20 feet under the ground at this point. We need to move on before we uh, just waste the entire podcast on this. Let's move (laughs) back to the DS, shall we? We talked about it for a bit. Um, Big anticipated title for the DS for a year now since this release in Japan, Dragon Quest IX, dated. Yep, don't care. Oh, don't care. (laughs) Don't care. Sorry. Okay. I care, but... Like I always say... If it has the word dragon or mythical or origins or tactics in the title, I probably don't care. So. <laughs> well, I think it's important to note that, you know, in principle, I would be totally fine with this game. Um, I'm just so tired because, let's be honest, JRPGs haven't changed in ages. I just, yeah. I need something new. I need something fresh. And it's... It's just not looking like this is going to be it. I, I'm actually seeing a few gameplay videos and stuff like that, and uh, yeah, no thanks. All right, guys, sounds good. <laughs> sounds but good. Gavin, you do care, so tell us why. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm not necessarily really biting at the bit for this, but um, I've always I've always liked the Dragon Quest series. It's I've I've liked my JRPGs just the way they are. I've prob- I'm probably the reason they haven't changed, so sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> I, it's just it's a warm, comfy blanket, and I just can't wait to wrap myself in it when it comes out this July 11th in the United States, July 23rd in Europe for you, Moths. Awesome. Which you're not going to buy. But let's move let's move on, shall we? Yep. Um, point of interest here, a little interest deal instead of our usual uh, stories, as it were. We have the first half of the original Bioshock video game pitch document. Now, for those of you that don't know, these are basically just a a collection of ideas that are given to the developer at the very early stages outlining what they want the game to be, how it would work in gameplay, and just basically kind of like what what it means, a movie pitch in document form. So basically, and as expected of these documents, the final game doesn't really reflect what was originally intended in this case. Uh, Let's look in here. According to the original document... The game, the it differs very much from the final version of the game. It, the original story was focused much more on a religious cult, and it was much and it was intended to have a multiplayer combat from the get uh, component from the get go. We also have it wasn't necessarily in an underwater city known as Rapture, but it was taking place on an underground compo- uh, compound built beneath said religious cult. 
So you can see we already have a lot of different uh, story oh. mechanics. And as as you can probably guess, it was much more in line to furthering gameplay tropes originally seen in System Shock and System Shock 2. Yeah, so it's just interesting to see how these games evolve. That's what I, I was am... going to say, too, is that it, it, was it just a blank piece of paper that said System Shock? Because I mean, <laughs> that I mean for a pitch, I mean that I mean it was a it was a kind of a rip off, but I mean none nonetheless, Bioshock's a kick ass game. But See, yeah, I, mean, I think it's cool though. I li- I really like that too. I really like that concept of seeing where games came from and how they've evolved, and you know what I mean. So I uh, I'm really glad they changed it though. Uh, if they hadn't done the underwater thing uh, with Rapture, and if they hadn't done this, because a lot of games have done these uh, religious cults and. What they did instead is they tackled a political ideal, uh, which m- a lot of people believe in, and and so it um, it's sort of um, it challenged, especially you know, moths. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sort of, <laughs> kind of, not totally, <laughs> kind of. I believe in a healthy mix, um, but uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, it's. I think it's. You know, if they hadn't done this, I don't think we'd all be raving about Bioshock as much. If they hadn't changed it uh, from what uh, the design documents uh, speci- specify, I think you know it would have been uh, more of a, you know more of a singularity type of game, where people don't really mm. care that much. Some people do, but it doesn't have that wide uh, mainstream polling. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Um, I wonder. I, w- I wonder if it honestly just had to do with like we can do a really cool water tech. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it could be that. The, the the water tech in the original Bioshock was revolutionary for its time. So, I mean, even if it was built on that, yeah, that I mean, was probably the greatest conceptualizing reason. based on tech ever. See, I sort, of don't, I, I, I sort of don't think it was, though. I mean, to be honest, mm. the, the Bioshock came out at the same time as Crisis, and Crisis had way better water effects. So, yeah. Well, Crisis had better everything. Yeah, but nobody played it. Crisis. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, yeah, nobody could play Crisis. And no one had so. the ability to play <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Except me. Well, that's always up in the air. <laughs> but we, uh, but for those of you that want to check out, we do have the actual game pitch documents, or at least the first pages thereof, on the site. Check it out, elder-geek.com, as always. But we are, again, moving on. We're moving on to 3D, everyone's favorite new device. And we got a couple game announcements for the PS3 in 3D. First off, Killzone 3 in 3D. And uh, um, so we're expecting a big turnout this year at E3 for it. And... Basically, it's uh, you're just going to be able to run it in 3D if you have a 3D-capable television and a PS3. We just don't know exactly how they're going to show this off at E3, considering that the 3D TV <laughs> proliferation rate in America is still pretty low. But uh, in addition to Killzone 3, mm-hmm. we also have Gran Turismo 5 in 3D. So a lot of big PlayStation 3 exclusives are having 3D capabilities these days. But I want to know what Kip thinks. He seems to be chuckling in the background over there. What's going on, kid? Well, I just, I just think it's, it's ridiculous because I think a hundred thousand people have, I think I heard Michael Pactor say that a hundred thousand people are the only ones who have 3D TVs. So I'm just curious, um, re-rent because when you do 3D, you basically have to re-render everything again because you have to make two shots of it. And so I wonder if, I hope it's going to pay off. I mean, if their plan is to sell, if their plan is like we're going to sell Blu-ray through the PS3. If they have that same kind of idea, we're going to sell 3D technology through the PS3. They're going to fail. No one. If people just bought HD TVs, like no one's going to go out and be like, oh, "I got to trade in my brand new HD TV I got two years ago for a 3D TV now." 
There's mm. no one's going to do that. So I think uh, I think they're going about this a bit differently, to be honest. Uh, remember, Samsung just released their big 3D TV lineup. Uh, Sony hasn't released their 3D TV lineup yet. Uh, it, we're really just on the cusp of it. There does exist 3D TVs out there, uh, but it's in no way uh, pushed uh, by companies until now. And and so I think um, I think they're being smart. I think the industry, the electronics industry at a, at a whole, is being smart. They're waiting for the you know uh, buzz to build up about 3D, and they're waiting for the content to be there about 3D before they really start focusing on selling 3D TVs. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they're trying to. You know what's going to sell three? You know. Uh, you know Avatar. what's going to sell 3D TVs? Avatar. At, well, Avatar and. Pixar making all of their movies in 3D. Uh, which they will at some point. Um, I mean, they are. They've already announced that every movie from Pixar from now on is going to be in 3D. So. Oh, okay, cool. Um, awesome. Uh, I just <laughs> uh, I just think Killzone 3D sounds awesome, though. Uh, I think uh, I'm going to have to buy a 3D TV at some point, and uh, a pair, a, a good one with a decent size, is probably going to cost me like 6,000 bucks. So, yeah. Yipes. Yeah. Uh, but, um, hey, you know, I don't have to eat. That's not necessary. <laughs> uh, I'm excited. Uh, unlike Moss, I'm not going to be able to afford the technology for years, so I'm just going to sit back and watch everyone else spend a ton of money and laugh, particularly from my pedestal. But that's my plan, and I think right here we're going to actually take a quick break. We're going to be back shortly with the re- uh, rest of the news. We've got a lot to cover this week, so just hang tight. We'll be right back. Pew! Hey Elder Geeks, got an idea for the site? Or do you have a topic that you'd like for us to talk about on Elderspeak? Be sure to drop us a suggestion on either the forums or by sending an email to info at elder-geek.com. Hey everybody, this is Mutz. Uh, I just need to pop in a second here and tell you that I am so sorry, but the second half of the podcast was eaten by little digital monsters that live in my computer. Uh, we will be back next week with a full podcast, I can promise you that, so um, I'm sorry and uh, uh, thanks for listening, everyone.